It's time for Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. The first hour of Sports Time is brought to you by Lexus of Memphis. Here are your hosts, Brett Stats-Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Welcome in to Sports Time. Bryant, Brett, Johnny, all with you on a Thursday afternoon. A lot to get to. Uh, a lot to talk about. Some great guests. Uh, but uh, like I said, we're in our family leisure studios. Brett, how are you this afternoon? I'm doing well, Brian. You're right. There's a lot going on. Last night I was at FedEx Forum. Mm-hmm. Tonight in Tulsa, the 15th ranked Memphis Tigers play the opener in in. You, you can make a case that tonight is the biggest game of the year for the Tigers. Sure. Certainly could set the trend, the tone for what's coming up over the conference slate and how important that is in college football and NFL news rolls on and mm-hmm. always news in college football in yeah. the portal world. Yeah, the portal world, it, uh, it keeps on rolling. And today, uh, the, the big news that, uh, Quinshawn Judkins, uh, I don't believe he's in the portal, uh, yet. I think he has till midnight tonight if he wants to get in and be able, um, to go to a, another SEC school. But Quinshawn Judkins, the news came out this morning, um, that he intends to enter the transfer portal. Uh, obviously after the Peach Bowl, a lot of people excited for what this team can do next year. But Brett, that is a uh, big-time running back that uh, now, I guess, uh, is going to be in the portal. Yeah, that's a special player that doesn't come along every year. Look, when you, after two years, you're being mentioned in historical records mm-hmm. with Herschel Walker. You know, <laughs> you, you, you know that doesn't come yeah, along. That's not normal. Just, just every season and fantastic, terrific player and terrific guy and wonderful family that I wish well. I just don't think you can, you can, Enjoy the portal when it goes your way, and then when it doesn't, want to start you know trashing people and 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 saying a, a lot of invective at at the departing. You 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 would not get me under any reason mm. to do that about Quinshawn Jenkins. He yeah. would. It, it, we were pretty good buds, and mm-hmm. and I I, w- I wish him well. And somebody's going to get a terrific player. Now they're just going to get him for one year because sure. he's going to be in the NFL draft. After that, he was only going to be back at Ole Miss for a year. And I thought it was done in most around Ole Miss in Atlanta, especially in the post game euphoria. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- th- thought it thought it was done, and you know Jackson Dart more or less on the field with me announced that he was back and. Right. Still were some things to work out with, with Quinshawn Judkins and his representatives and his family. And I, I, I hope people don't think, and I, I'm sure not trying to, I'm not trying to talk down to anybody. Please understand that and please don't misunderstand that I am. But I think for all of us, uh, every aspect of sports in college football and in college basketball, you will enjoy it a lot more if you understand that both parties, and, and Quinshawn Judkins largely, made a business decision yeah. today. It, it is it is big business. For a long time, it wasn't. I, I said forever, we never owned them. Mm-hmm. We never owned them as players. But, you know, the, the reticence of someone to sign transfer papers back in the day, and mm-hmm. back in the day wasn't that long ago. Right. Uh, for, for someone to walk in and go, Coach, I want out here. No, think about it. I know you really don't want to do this, and especially in in this time period, in that in that ending the fall semester before you started the spring semester, mm-hmm. 
well, it was it was a real tight window, and you could almost force them into a last second of you better stay here because I'm not going to sign them. Right. Uh, it, you didn't have as much of that after the spring, maybe before summer school or into the next fall, into the next August period. But we ne- we never owned them even then. Mm-hmm. And I love the player liberation and freedom, sure. Brian. I've been consistent from yeah. day one about it that, that we finally got in sports with the, the late great owner of the Oakland A's, Charlie O'Finley, who hated free agency. Yeah. And he saw all those players leave his dynastic Oakland A's teams in the seventies. Mm-hmm. And he proposed one time one year free agency. Everybody across baseball would have one year free agency. Yeah. You, you hit 217 one year. Well, you don't get much. Right. The next year you hit 317. You got me by the aim. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so, so he was fought. Well, that was never going to happen. The players right. association was nah, never going to allow it to happen. And, and they shouldn't. We have one year free agency in college sports now. We do. We do. And you're seeing it play out uh, all over the, the country at, at the Power Five schools, at the Group of Five schools. I mean, we, we've seen it, uh, you know, with players here at Memphis. You have a big season, and maybe you can parlay that into something at, at a bigger school. You you see it at, at uh, you know, Ole Miss. Quinshawn Judkins, you know, seemingly is, is hoping he can parlay what he has done the past couple of years into maybe, you know, a, a bigger deal at, at, at another school. So, I mean, there's so many reasons, but you're right. I mean, any player can just jump into the portal, and now with kind of the the, the decisions by the NCAA of of you know two year guys or excuse me two time transfers, three time transfers um, would still be eligible. You're going to see a lot more of it uh, coming, you know, in the spring after spring practice. It's just going to be you know a, a wild wild west. I, I would I would hope I would hope that Ole Miss fans would. Do- do what I'm doing. Yeah. Just say thank you. Sure. Thank you for two historic years mm-hmm. out there. Every time he he was called on, almost never injured, mm-hmm. uh, and, and never anything too seriously was back out there. Had 31 totes <laughs> last Saturday yeah. against against Penn State, yeah. and and you know always available. And the you know the complete game that he had, mm-hmm. his ability to block and blitz pickup, his yep. ability to catch the ball. Uh, in, in, in passing situation, called a touchdown mm-hmm. last week against Penn State. So I, I, I have absolutely no, no, no anger whatsoever. And, and me, for me, and I, I wish everybody would be consistent about this. Mm-hmm. I wish everybody could remember what they said 10 minutes ago, yeah. much less a couple of months ago <laughs> on, on, on the player liberation and freedom. Sure. You either want it or you don't. Yeah. There's nothing liberating about, well, let me define what liberation mm. is let's have some guardrails let's have no when, when the wall comes down and there's liberation and freedom the wall is down and it's down in college sports and all the administrators around college sports know if you write too many guardrails here come the lawyers and you're not going to win and do you want to repeat of the O'Bannon case uh. Yeah, no, you you certainly don't want that. And it seems like you're either you know all in or all out on it in in terms of uh, way of and, thinking. And, and Brian, it, it, you you can't you can't like it when you get Walter Nolan, and right. then not like it when you lose Quinshawn Judkins. No, you you can't you, and and you you can't you can't like it when you. I bet SMU wanted to keep Kendrick Davis. What do you think? I would say uh, I would say they probably did. Yeah. You, you think SMU's got any money? Oh, yeah, no, they got, uh, they you got think money, Kendrick money. came to, you think Kendrick came to Memphis just to play for Penny? Uh, no, probably not. 
No, he, uh, it, it was more. Sure. That's the liberation and freedom aspect of it. Yeah. So what's good for one, and it all flows downhill. Okay, today Ole Miss loses out. Mm-hmm. Ole Miss will probably maybe a a, a, a non-power five running back from a, 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 a another conference, maybe sure. you know from somewhere like the WAC or the MAC or the Sun Belt. Right. That's where they're probably going to potentially go. To get that running back, uh, it, it, you know, pl- players at, at Austin P and at Murray State, that they, they they take the the, the next step up. It, it, it it's it's all uh, it all flows downhill and it's all evolutionary. I think it's great, and I, I'm I'm not changing my opinion about it. I I think it's wonderful because forever I never thought the the college athlete was abused, mm. and I don't even think they were were used. They certainly weren't abused because if you were being abused, you can leave. Right. You're not being made to stay there. You could leave and eventually get a transfer to somewhere. We had transfers sure. uh, back, back, back in the day. It just was not that often. It was really very rare and especially among kind of star players right. because they were being taken care of behind the scenes. That's right. So that, that's sure not being abused. I don't even think in, in the day they were being used because the only deal they signed up for was room, books, tuition, et cetera. Yeah. And, and th- they got that. And the opportunity at an at a education on the day that you graduated, you owed zero in student loan debt. Right. Zero. Yeah. I don't think that's being used. Well, that has now changed. Sure. Be- and, and because the players, they knew no rain, no rainbows. <laughs> We're the difference. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, no, I mean they—they've certainly changed the game now. But no, Brad, I like you know the what you're saying about the approach of look at what Lane Kiffin has done already this off season in the transfer port. I mean, you go and look at any you know site that ranks transfer portal teams and they're number one and so I mean you got to think that you know you are going to probably lose somebody and yeah you you hate that it's your star running back but Lane Kiffin has shown that he can go out there and and uh, bring in talented players and even bringing guys that aren't I mean look at look at just this uh this game obviously we here at Memphis knew how talented Caden Prescorn was and what what the type of player he was but it for a lot of Ole Miss fans that maybe aren't you know as familiar with with Memphis football, that's a you know group of five guy that's coming up to the SEC. Can he hang? And then he's the uh, he's the most outstanding player in, in the Peach Bowl. So you know I, very clearly that Lincoln and he, he was he was targeted. He, he was. They, they identified him and said we got to go yes. get him. Yes, and so it's it's very clear that Lane Kiffin. Yes, he can go out and get those five stars and and high end transfers, but he can also go and identify talented guys from the kind of lower levels and bring those guys and, in. And right now, Ole Miss is is working very diligently, I think, to try to get a player from the FCS, from Murray State, yep. to to play tight end and maybe be the future. May or may not get him, yep. but 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 they are identifying players, and and everywhere is trying to get them. And and I just love that we're through with the pretense of back in the day, mm-hmm. of you know, I almost was going to sign with School X. But I signed with School Y because the the campus is so beautiful and it's just family. I felt at home. No, they offered more. <laughs> yes, yes. That finally players can just say, yeah, the deal was right. You know, this this team offered what that school didn't, and uh, and we can move on from it. So, and, and, and I, I I like this. I like this, and I don't think. Yeah. 
I don't think guardrails and safeguards and mm-hmm. and and maybe even changing dates. First of all, you hear so many people talk about you want to change the dates and maybe get it off of that storm of December of end of year yeah. bowl prep recruiting. Mm-hmm portal, all that. Okay, well, first thing, I was so opposed to, to early signing day. Right. Put the signing date back where it was, and, nice. and, and, and maybe not even all the way back to February, maybe maybe that last Wednesday of January that, yeah. that's coming up You know, in about three weeks. Mm-hmm. Ha- have that one. But also, I, I, I've, I've heard around you know maybe changing some portal stuff, well, that would mean changing... When school starts, mm. and the, these administrators mm. still trying to operate under the pretense of the student athlete, they're not changing the start of a spring semester over football portal players. No, no, absolutely not. And that's kind of where I've been the whole time of how much can you do? Because like you said, you're now you're getting into not only athletics, but, you know, academics, and, and that's a completely and different... for 99% part. of the, of your student population, they're not involved in athletics. No, they're, they're not. They, they might like going to the games on Saturdays, but they, they have no part in it, and so why change um, kind of the, the broader... And, and, and we'll, we'll work through this. Yeah. I, I know people are, are wondering about, you know, maybe where for Quinshawn. I don't know. Right. I, did, I, did, I know exactly what you're, you're seeing and reading out there, and you know, it potentially could be back close to home. He's from P- Pike Road, Alabama, which is mm. right there uh, at, at Montgomery. It could, it could be Auburn. It could, it could be for Coach Prime at Colorado. It mm. could be for Texas. It could be for Alabama. I don't, I don't know where he's going. I look forward to watching him play next year, yeah. and I look forward to watching him play in the NFL. Yeah. And I'll always appreciate watching him play huh. college football for two years at Ole Miss. Well, Brett, I'll say no matter uh, what teams are, you know, people put. I saw some people earlier put out schools that are interested in them or might be interested in them. Uh, I think every team in the country is interested in a guy yeah. like Quinn John Judd gets. So. Yeah, it, cause I mean winner and oh, yeah. straight, straight ahead. Mm-hmm. And again, that ball security, I don't, I don't know if we talked about that enough through his two years. Not only never fumble and lose it, it was never rattling <laughs> no. around with, with, with shaky hands. No. He, 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 he has huge hands, big, firm handshake. And, I mean, when he gets that ball locked in with that elbow – like they teach, and you know, he got he got really good coaching at Ole Miss, and yep. I, I I wish him well, I really do, and and you know may may have to play him next year. Yeah, you might have to. We'll just have to see what happens, but certainly uh, some big time news for uh, Ole Miss and college football in general. Well, Brett, before we get to uh, top and not top story of the day, you were uh, in the building last night, FedEx Forum for Grizzlies and Raptors. Um, what were what were some things you noticed in the the Grizzlies loss last night? Well, in, in, in a positive, maybe not on the floor, the crowd was great mm, yeah. and was ready to explode the whole game mm. and had a couple shots down the stretch. The Grizzlies have really established much more, much more loyal support yeah. night in, night out. Had the great crowd. You said, you know, Connor went on, mm-hmm. on Tuesday and I was there Wednesday and, uh, it, it, I can remember a lot of weeknight games coming out of the holidays in the past Mm -hmm. on a cold Wednesday night that it could be sketchy in there. It was not on the floor. Uh, Again, the the defensive laps. And, Brian, I'm going to go where I don't like going. It's very, very difficult for somebody 5'8 and 175 pounds to (laughs) uh, accuse somebody of of this. But last night, like many games, especially at home, Mm. 
I question the effort, mm. and I, that is hard to prove and easy to say. And I've always been reluctant in going there, but I, I, I just think some of the the defensive lapses yeah. are pure D effort. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I I think so. I mean. Uh, we certainly you you brought that up a lot while John Morant was out, um, but now that he's back, and we talked yesterday, you need to to take advantage of these games at home. Uh, but I am I am glad to hear that uh, you know from from my brother's report on Tuesday. Now your report on Wednesday. Building was ready to that's, rock that's, last that's night. That's great to hear, especially it, with how how much this team has struggled. I know you got John Morant uh-huh. back now, but still that that's good to hear. I you, you know when I left last night, I told you when I left. Flint Broadcasting yep. at five fifty nine fifty. Right, I, I said you know it's, it's, it's going to be easy. I got I got down in the FedEx Forum area and I went, well, holy cow, look at all what wow. why are all these people here on a Wednesday <laughs> night against Toronto after a game last night for a team that's eleven and twenty two? Because oh, the Grizzlies have established that, and that's why I don't mm-hmm. want this frittered away. I don't I don't want to lose this, and I, I'm scared. With, with a deep slide, mm-hmm. look, I, I know the finances, I know the economics of things, and I know the fickle nature of all of us sports fans yeah. uh, of, of something that's deemed cool today can not be as cool next time, and that's why sure. I, I don't want the Grizzlies to, to miss out on this. And in any playoff W's and L's, it, when we get to the end of the year, I think we look back at last night as, mm-hmm. as a big is a big miss, yeah. lost opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let me set up today's show before we get to top and not top story of the day. 3.30, Bill Bender from the Sporting News will join us, talk college football. We'll have to get his thoughts on the semifinal games from over the weekend, some of the other uh, big-time bowl games that we also had over the weekend, and also his prediction for what will happen Monday night in the national championship game. 3.45, big game for the Tigers tonight as they start conference play against Tulsa. We'll talk about that one. Also, Tiger bankroll right now Memphis a nine and a half point favorite on the road in Tulsa we'll make our picks towards the end of this hour four o'clock Keith Smith from Spot Track and the front office show will join us to talk the NBA a lot to get to with Keith about the Grizzlies uh, got to ask him about Toronto after the trade they made over the weekend so a lot to get to with Keith 430 we get to some NFL news 445 big number of the day five o'clock Greg Gaston will join us to talk Tigers 530 we'll get to what's trending and at 545 we'll wrap up today's show like we always do with Taco Bell Crunch Time. Well, I remind you, we're in our family leisure studios where family and fun come together. And it's time for the floor model sale. All floor model patio sets are priced to move. Wicker sofa set under $2,000. Closeout patio cushions as low as $25. Pool tables under $1,500. Theater seating under $2,000. Four-person hot tubs under $5,000. Infrared and traditional steam saunas now 25% off. You're ready for summer and purchase your above-ground pool now to get first in line for installation. And special financing uh, is still available, but only at Family Leisure 2120 Witten Road, just north of I-40. 901-360-8255 to text and to call us, 901-360-8255. We want your input on everything we've discussed and then some on the Grizzlies, on the Tigers, on Portal, on NIL, on Ole Miss. What what are your thoughts on that? This hour of our show brought to you every day. We we got Johnny, we got Bryant, we got Mm -hmm. Brett. This hour of our show brought to you every day by Lexus of Memphis, the one and only Lexus dealership in town at 2600 Ridgeway and online at LexusofMemphis.com. 
great offers on all the 2024 models and always special leasing options. Call them at 901-334-9673. Drive in luxury and confidence, knowing that every new Lexus comes with complimentary first and second maintenance services. Stop by today at Lexus of Memphis at 2600 Ridgeway and put yourself in the driver's seat of the all-new 2024 flagship LS500, and you'll be looking and you'll be driving in style. When you purchase a Lexus, you get top-of-the-line engineering and design, and they make for the luxury driving experience. Online at LexusofMemphis.com. Experience amazing. Experience amazing at Lexus of Memphis. Top story of the day. Well, Brett, my top story of the day. The Tigers start AAC conference play tonight on the road in Tulsa uh, against the Hurricanes. And uh, I've heard a lot of people, Brett, we talked about it yesterday. I heard some other people today talking about it. Seems like a lot of people are, are a little worried about this game, a little scared about this game. Maybe uh, it has been the history, kind of the same thing I always talk about, East Carolina. East Carolina is a team that over the past, you know, seven to ten seasons, Memphis should dominate every time they play. But it seems, and it seems like at home they do, but on the road when they go to East Carolina, it seems like crazy things happen. And that seems to be what happens uh, at Tulsa as well. So it uh, should be a good game. We know about uh, the, I guess, questionable players tonight. David Jones, it was reported two days ago by uh, by Jason Muzz that David Jones was dealing with an illness. He hadn't practiced Monday or Tuesday. Caleb Mills, who had to leave uh, that game against Austin P over the weekend with a hip injury. He hadn't practiced Monday or Tuesday. Will those guys play? I, I feel like David Jones will probably give it a go. I don't know, uh, on the other hand, about Caleb Mills. But how does this team come out? Uh, on the road, in probably a, a sleepy environment, but I think it's going to be a good crowd for this Tiger team. You get the 15th ranked team in the country coming into your house. But how do the Tigers respond? Do we see this Tigers team that we saw in three straight games against top 25 opponents? Or do we see the Tiger team that, that kind of struggled at times, looked a little lost against Vanderbilt and Austin Peay? Tonight's game could look a lot like on the road at Virginia Common. Mm, yeah, that's And a, we know really how scary one. that game was. Got real scary. I, Brian, I, I like Tulsa's guards. They got some good guards. They do. Young guards, too. That I, I, don't, I don't like their bigs, and they don't have any... Uh, great bigs, but I like their 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 guards. My top story, I'm right there with you tonight. Living on Tulsa time for the Tigers, highest rank uh, by the Tigers entering January since 2009. We know who was coach then. That's four coaches ago. That, mm. That's Penny Tubby, Coach Josh Pastor, and John Calipari. He was coach when the Tigers were last ranked this high entering the month of January. Memphis leads all time. 32 to 21. They lead in Tulsa all time, 12 to 11. But we know it's been a house of horrors. Narrow escape last time the Tigers were there. Remember that game? That was the Sunday afternoon after the stupid question about Penny being embarrassed after losing at home against SMU. That felt like a program defining. It could really tip the other way. And the Tigers escaped, I think, that day, 83-81. Overtime, something real close. It was a real narrow escape. Uh, had had the one point loss in twenty twenty one, and had the forty point mm. loss in twenty twenty. Mm. 
not top story of the day. Yeah, I think everyone still remembers that 40-point loss uh, at Tulsa. That was, but that was a big win a few years ago after was. the blow-up at FedEx yes. Forum over the dumb no, question. You're, you're, you're right about that. Well, my not top story of the day is the Grizzlies, what they did last night at home against the Toronto Raptors, a 116-111 to loss at home. There were times in the fourth quarter where it looked like uh, the Grizzlies were going to be able to bounce back and, and win that game, but when you look at this game, you immediately look to the shooting for the Raptors. They shot the ball really well, 48% from the field, 46% they weren't from contested. three. No, they, they weren't. Um, they also uh, out-rebounded the Grizzlies. But really, I've heard a lot of people talking about this second and third quarter for the Grizzlies. They come out in the second quarter, only put up 19 points, get outscored 32-19. to 19. And then coming out uh, to start the third quarter, uh, the Raptors get two quick baskets. Uh, Taylor Jenkins is forced to call a timeout and try to kind of settle his guys down and, and get into them. Uh, and they're outscored again 31-28 uh, to 28 in that third quarter. I thought they bounced back and, and played well. Like I said, had some opportunities in that fourth quarter um, to, to and really made it a game. But uh, ultimately, on that back-to-back, you win. Uh, against San Antonio, but last night could not get the job done uh, against the Raptors. And Luke Kennard just couldn't hit a big shot for anything when the crowd was really rolling and trying to kind of try, trying to will them to victory. Toronto's not very good either. No, yeah, and they've got a new coach and, and some young players, and with that trade, they're still, I think, trying to get used to everybody on that court. But, uh, no, I mean, it's a, a loss that uh, that the Grizzlies, like you said, they probably were probably going to look back and, and think of that loss. Could have been, uh, been pretty nice to have it as a win. That's my not-top story. The Grizzlies' defense, defense and effort last night was bad, and Marcus Smart really hadn't done a lot this year except for that one sideline explosion when he was in street clothes with his – relatively still new teammates he's the one that needs criticizing from the coaches but they don't they don't seem to get on to anybody and marcus smart he he was poor offensively last night i didn't think he was great defensively last night like like the whole team was and he looks miserable being here he did on opening night he still does yeah yeah well now uh, the grizzlies they They've got that tough road trip after this, and it will start uh, Friday night against the Lakers. Then they'll go to Phoenix, then Dallas. It's going to be tough. Those three games, really, really tough for coming home and getting the, uh, the the Clippers team that's been playing really, really well. Well, that'll do it for top and not top story of the day. Let's get to our first break. When we come back, we're talking college football with Bill Bender. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Joining Brian and Brett now on Sports Time is Bill Bender, National College Football Writer for the Sporting News and on Twitter X, at Bill Bender. Here's Bill with Brian and Brett. Bill Bender joins us now from the Sporting News to talk college football. A lot to get to, but let's start with the semifinal games that happened Monday night. It started off with Michigan and Alabama, a game that needed overtime for Michigan to to win a come-from-behind game. What did you make of what Michigan did, and especially how much they dominated uh, in the trenches against Alabama? I mean, that was the most eye-opening part, to see Michigan play in SEC West heavyweight, uh, particularly in the first quarter, you know, get off to the good start. Not only did they win the offensive line, they they really made Alabama waste a half of football. Yeah. 
well on the offensive side with that pass rush. So, you know, Alabama adjusted. And Alabama, it's important to remember, Alabama had that game in the bag. But, uh, you know, J.J. McCarthy, Blake Corum, I, I just continue to tell people, and I've said it on about every other radio show this week, that Michigan just continues to win in everybody's face. And I think they're going to continue to do that on Monday night. That doesn't mean it'll be easy Monday night because Washington will be a really, really strong opponent. But I'm with you, Bill, and all year long the the, the Michigan juggernaut has kept rolling despite all the you know, all, all the the stuff that's been out there. And it, it, it did on Monday when that game started. Now the interception that was properly by rule uh, overruled and and called the player was called out of bounds. But even after Alabama went up seven to nothing. You could hear it in Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreit's voices watching the game. They felt like Michigan was at a breaking point for the doors to get blown off, and then here they come. Yeah, I mean, they did. And, and Alabama did a nice job of playing field position in the third quarter, getting some scores. But bottom line is Alabama couldn't push the ball down the field in the passing game. And <laughs> Michigan knew that, I think. And, you know, they didn't really have a dominant running game with a Derrick Henry or some of the running backs of years past. And I, I kind of go the other way, Brad. I think if, if Michigan hadn't had so many special teams miscues, yeah. I think they would have won by 10 to 14 points. Oh, I agree with that. If, if, if Michigan had played their A game and, and, and they did not, I don't, I don't think even close to it, and then almost had a historic boo-boo. I mean, it would have been up there with Fred Brown in Georgetown in 82 and some of the sports gaffes of all time because that ball, it, lucky it just didn't carry him out of the back of the end zone for a two-point safety. Yeah. For sure. And, you know, Jake Stahl obviously had the wherewithal. I mean, not just to pick it up at the one-yard line. He got smoked. <laughs> he sure that. did. It drilled, and he didn't fumble. I mean, that we could have been writing a story about how Michigan fumbled out of the end zone to lose a uh, game by safety or whatever it would have been. Yeah. So, yeah, it just kind of They played that out like an NFL game. It was a fun watch. I don't know about Al- We can defend Alabama's final call all we want, but they ran right at the, the teeth of Michigan's strength. I didn't think that was a smart move. And, and, and we've, we've – been giving more credit to Michigan on the stop and also now I know it was all year that Alabama had snap difficulties but also know this and this might be a little graphic for some but this used to be taught that nose tackle for Michigan you wear out that center all day and some of those snaps may come out sideways and I think the physicality of the Michigan D-line on the center affected some of those snaps. Yeah, I mean, they, they definitely bothered them a little bit. And obviously, uh, Michigan just, I, I, you got to give the quarterback a run pass option there. I, I, I can't, or go try to go to the edge. And, you know, we can say, oh, the snap was low. It was. And we could say that, you know, Josiah Stewart pushed J.C. Latham into the play he did. And, and Derek Moore and Mason Graham were in on that. I think the big play, though, on that series, was the second down play where Mason Graham tackled Jason McClellan for a big loss. That really, you know, when it was third and goal from the 14-yard line, I kind of knew Alabama wasn't going to make that happen. Yeah, absolutely. Well, in that second game, uh, Washington and Texas, we've been hearing all year about how good this Washington offense is, and, and they are unbelievable, but it's been kind of, yeah, their offense is great, but their defense can let them down at times. I mean, what did you make of Washington's defense with Texas in the red zone had, you know, 
three or four opportunities uh, to get it into the end zone towards the end of that game and, and Washington's defense being able to step up and, and get a stop. Well, I mean, Washington was a couple plays away from an epic collapse. Yeah. I mean, that would have been awful. Um, you know, the way that the Texas was able to take advantage of a, a fluke injury, if we're being honest about it, definitely. Um, the, uh, you know, the, the deep pass, then they ran into the punter, and all of a sudden Texas is in the red zone. Um, took them down the field. And, and, you know, like you said, the Washington defensive back makes a play, but I mean, if anything, I, I know Michael Penix had a great game. I know their offense has got those receivers, but the fact that they let that lead collapse that quickly, whew, that gives me pause about their chances on Monday night because Michigan gets up by 14, that ain't happening. Yeah, Bill, we, we asked this. You may know the answer. The official Washington team party, did they go back to Seattle or did they head straight to Houston? And what did the equipment and all the gear and all the stuff do? There's no way they... they took it all all the way back to Seattle and then down to Houston, did they? Well, team arrivals are tomorrow, so I'm going to assume that they went back. Um, I don't know about the, the year. I, I'm yeah. not privy to that information, but I know, uh, they, I don't know. Uh, you know, but for them, I'm sure they'll, those teams will arrive tomorrow. I'm flying in tomorrow. I'm looking forward to it, media day. And, right. you know, it is a quick turnaround, like you said. It sure um, is. Normally, we're used to them playing, and it's, uh, title game on the 10th or 11th they got like a nine ten day break i mean this is boom boom another week not much time to think about it probably better in this case i think for well hard to say i mean it'll be for whichever team makes that adjustment and a window into the future of those traditional pack teams now in the big 10 there have been a lot of conversation about maybe setting up some equipment sites some practice sites to augment, you know, the, the long travel and the very difficulty of taking across country. You know, Washington, everybody after that great regular season game against Oregon, they won 36-33 in Seattle. Everybody, oh, when Oregon gets the rematch in the, the pack game. We, we, we're so quick to discount Washington, and here they are with Michael Penix. If, you know, if they can pull the upset, 15-0. and 0. Yeah, I mean, you know, for those of us who didn't mind the BCS, worked they're both 14 and 0 um it, it's definitely a, an opportunity for them they haven't won a national title since 1991 i was you know on our podcast today that was the days of bobby joe hobert and uh mark brunell leading them to a national title it's been a long time so i i think they were the underrated team coming into the playoffs the a lot of people just quite honestly haven't watched them mm-hmm. you know they're not That's staying it. up late and watching them and then they kind of like oh this michael Penix guy is pretty good well, he's been in college football for six years. He should be pretty good. <laughs> yeah, well, how important for, for Washington is it to, to have Dylan Johnson? Kalen DeBoer said yesterday that he should be good to go next Monday. Um, but how important is it to have him, I mean, a thousand yard back uh, against a, a really good Michigan defense? Well, they can't be one dimensional. Absolutely. I mean, you, you, the foot injury, but, you know, they were one dimensional against Texas and kind of got away with it. But yeah. I, I've been using this analogy all day that. You know, they had Michael Penix, who's a high-volume shooter, and if it was basketball, he was hitting everything. Yeah. So you're not going to hit. You might not hit everything, so you need to have a running game behind it to offset what's going to be a pretty good Michigan pass rush. I think it's going to be a really good game. I think Washington, uh, obviously, you know, another thing to keep in mind, Michael Penix's completion percentage drops to 45% when he's under pressure. Now, it's, most quarterbacks, that's going to happen, but – 
that's why the running game is going to be so important. They can't just let Michigan do what they did to Alabama because I think they knew against Alabama that we're good on the back end. Be a little bit different this time around. So it's all settled now. There won't be any more. They won't play again this year. What was your final kind of description of and thoughts on the SEC? Dominated the playoff era, and they're going to have the most teams. I'm doing my top 25 for next year, and it's going to be littered with SEC teams. you got to remember Texas and Oklahoma are coming in, so uh, uh, that's even more. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I can't see a scenario where there's anything to worry about. I think – if anything, if we had truth theorem, they probably think, man, I wish Georgia would have beat Alabama because I think Georgia would have probably beat um, – uh, Georgia probably would be the best team in this playoff. I know they played a depleted Florida State team, but you know what I mean, Brett. That's a, that's a fantastic Georgia team. It sure was. 46-2 and two in the last 48. <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, Kirby talked afterward about how – Oh, well, we got to fix the bull system. That's it. And we need two more segments to get through all that. Hmm, but, yeah. I mean, the bottom line is that game was an embarrassment. It wasn't good for the sport. Anytime you have somebody beat somebody else by 60 points and the game's not as com- not competitive at all, you can't objectively say, hey, that, that was good. Um, I don't know. I mean, but I don't think in the next stage of college football, there's still going to be opt-outs. There's still going to be guys that don't play. And I really don't know how we fix that if we're being honest about it. Maybe the this is we're going to have you back next week, and we'll check with you periodically during spring and summer, and then get back into a regular routine. We we sure hope next next August. This might be a better question for your first hit next. I may ask it both times. Ask it today and the first time. Going forward in in in, in college football, do you really think? What, what's the, the worst a team can be seeded and you think really can win it? Can a seven? Can a eight? Can those teams that start on campus? What do you, what do you think the, the biggest number of a seed really can ever win it? Yeah, that's a great question. I haven't really thought about it. Um, I, I always believe in any given year there's only really six teams that can win it. And I probably felt that way this year. Um, you know, top four that were in it. Ohio State, Georgia, Florida State, maybe. Mm -hmm. So seven would be my initial answer. And as we get into it, and it's going to feel a little bit like an SEC Big Ten Invitational, um, you know, I I would say six to seven. So, like, the sixth seed will play 11 seed in the first round. Mm -hmm. And the five seed will play what? Twelve. Or twelve. So, yeah, like, then you get into 7-10, and the 7-10 game's like an NCAA tournament game where I'm not sure those teams are winning the tournament. They may make a run. Mm -hmm. Could scare you to death. Mm -hmm. Well, Bill, we talked last week about the big game between Penn State and and Ole Miss. What did you make of of Ole Miss's performance uh, in the Peach Bowl now going into next season, what it sets up for, and also the news today that Quinchon Judkins intends to enter the transfer portal? Well, that's not good news. Yeah. I mean, because right now, I mean, that's the difference as I do this preseason ranking between Ole Miss maybe being like four and eight. Yeah. You know, they're going to be a top ten team next year. He's worked the portal well. He's, he's done a good job with that and, and getting players in the through the portal. But, um, yeah, I, I just don't know how that, that, that would be a huge loss mm-hmm. not to have Quinshaw Dudkins, especially if he lands at another SEC powerhouse. 
there's some people that think Ole Miss can win this division next year. I'm not one of them. I need to see them beat Alabama. I'm going to pick Alabama to win the SEC West until Nick Saban yeah, retires. But, yeah, uh, no, no, no uh, rest, though, next year, Bill. We're going one through 16. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Good point. So, But, I mean, you know what I mean. They, they can't. Yeah. I'm still not picking them to beat. They got to beat Alabama at some point. I don't even know if they play next year. I know they, they, they do not, unless it's in Atlanta. Alabama's <laughs> schedule is pretty ridiculous next year. Yeah. There is a lot of good teams on that schedule. Yeah, it is. It's a it's a tough one. Well, Bill, who, who wins Monday night? Oh, yeah. you, you said Michigan. I got Michigan by a touchdown. I think it could gotcha. be worse. I think they're going to control the line of scrimmage. I think Blake Corum has a big night. Uh, one thing, Blake Corum he scored three of the most memorable touchdowns Michigan can ever remember this year, and including the one on Monday night. And I think, you know, that core McCarthy and Corum win. I think Jim Harbaugh deflects questions about his future all weekend. Um, not saying Washington can't do it, but if Michigan doesn't turn the ball over, they're going to be really tough to beat. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be a lot of fun. Bill, thanks so much for joining us. We'll do it again next week. Hey, no problem. Thanks so much for having me on, guys. Take care. Thanks, Bill. Thank you, Bill. Be safe down in Houston. We look to- forward to the reporting and visiting last week for the final time for this season. As I said, we'll check with Bill when the news breaks during the spring, fall, and mm-hmm. into the summer and media days. And then he'll be back with us, we hope. we sure sure going to invite him back <laughs> uh, next August. At the commissary, you got two great locations. The new Collierville Commissary at Houston Levy and Poplar are the original in Germantown since 1981. Now 43 years going strong for Walker Taylor for his dream to come true at these two great locations. Thanks to you, the very loyal customer out there. And it's perfect for a big group to get together tonight to watch the Tigers, to enjoy the games this weekend or any time, to enjoy that Memphis-style barbecue and ribs done the Memphis way, the slow-cooked way if you're craving an easier way to order you can text commissary right now to 33733 the ribs and the shoulder you, you're going to get to that but you got to start with the appetizers like the cheese plate or the tamales the smoked chicken wings and the barbecue nachos invented created made famous at the germantown commissary that everybody now enjoys started first with walker taylor and his great team at the germantown commissary and then you can dig into the ribs or the shoulder chopped or pulled on a plate on a sandwich all the sides slaw beans deviled eggs bread and you can order it by the pound six pack and eight pack or a 12-pack, perfect for game-watching and enjoying tailgating at home, if you'd like, for, for the NFL playoffs. For any season, you can enjoy the commissary in their two great locations. Save room for dessert, quite a challenge, but the best lemon icebox pie anywhere, the strawberry cakes, the terrific banana pudding. Call 901-754-5540 or go online at commissarybbq.com. In Collierville, in Germantown, the party areas, the orders to go, the catering, the tailgating, you can get it at the commissary. 901-754-5540 or online at commissarybbq.com. Let's get to a break. When we come back, the Tigers start off their conference play tonight against Tulsa. We'll talk about that game tonight. Also, we got to make our picks for Tiger Bankroll. We'll do that next on Sports Time. You already know you can listen to Sports 56 anywhere with the Sports 56 app or at sports56whbq.com. But you can also watch us daily with live video of all of our shows on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. 
Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Lexus of Memphis. Here are your hosts, Brett Statz-Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Back into sports time. Bright and Brett with you in our family leisure studios. And the Tigers, they kick off conference play tonight against Tulsa. A Tigers team that uh, after going through a, uh, a grueling stretch, three top 25 opponents, had two games, back-to-back games, I think uh, might have worried some people. Certainly, Penny Hardaway was not happy after the Austin P game, but... They win those games. They're now up to number 15 in the AP poll. But tonight they started off against Tulsa. What are you looking for uh, in Penny Hardaway's team tonight, Brett? I just think it's a total mismatch. I don't. I don't know why everybody is kind of on cautious pins and needles alert. Yeah. I, I don't get why. You know, heavy favorite nine and a half, and that matters. Sure. I, I think. I don't think Vegas is doing that for funsies. No. And and the. Tulsa's inside play, I don't think, can come close to matching up with the Tigers. We mentioned the guard play. They're not terrible, but they're not as good as the Tigers. It's not as deep as the Tigers. So I don't, I don't know why the, the, the fear in this game. If you're scared of this one, then I, I don't know many other places this year in the league yeah. you, you, you should be too too scared of but if you're scared of this one then you're you're gonna be scared to death going to florida atlantic <laughs> and there's gonna be a handful of places you're gonna be scared of. you're gonna be scared to death going now, to Tulane. Now, i, I, I want to go back to something yesterday I, I don't know if i made my point clear enough about this mm-hmm. that on the on the night that memphis went to mizzou and won mm-hmm. on the afternoon they met arkansas in the bahamas and when on the sunday afternoon they they went to college station and beat texas a&m those were teams everybody was on blast about. Everybody was scared of, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. It's not Memphis's fault. They've kind of fallen flat since then. Right. No. Well, yeah. That's certainly not. Memphis's uh, you you fault. don't take. I'm, I'm not taking anything away from the Tigers. No. No. And I don't think you should. Um, but no, this is uh, a team in in Tulsa that uh, is is not great offensively. They're certainly better um, defensively. And and you know you look at some of the teams they've played. They haven't, you know, certainly didn't start off the season with a tough stretch. They had a couple of games that, you know, could get them ready for conference. Lost, play, but lost Thanksgiving weekend in overtime to UALR yeah. in front of 800 people. I was about to say nobody watching that game. But, I mean, I mean, you just look at this start of the schedule. Central Arkansas, Incarnate Word, Jackson State, South Carolina State, Little Rock. Now, then you did play Oral Roberts, uh, Loyola, Chicago, and Oklahoma State. But, I mean, that is that is not Killer's Row, and they had trouble um, with What's their best wins? That's a good question. I would say... Uh, Missouri State? I would say maybe... Maybe I mean I think and, and and what are they seven and four? They are Missouri see, State. Missouri State is nine and five. Okay. Um. So I would say yeah, probably that's their best win. Maybe Loyola Chicago, but 
I mean, there just hadn't been a. a so what's a everybody so scared about? Yeah, really. Uh, I think maybe New Mexico State could be in there too as as a good win, but they just haven't played anybody. Um, their last game was against uh, Southwestern Oklahoma. Um, they One four in a row since to, losing at Oak State. Yeah, but I, I just I, I don't think people should be worried. Yes, it's a road game, um, but you know I think I think the Tigers should be fine tonight, um, even if you get you know limited play from Caleb Mills and, and David Jones. And you're going to see it tonight. Memphis, with their net ranking and Tulsa's net ranking, which is what one? Oof, I I have no idea. It's way down there. I'm trying to tell you. I had it written down somewhere. Tulsa is 186. With Tigers will drop tonight. Yeah, no matter what, they'll drop. I I don't think very far, but but... they won't move up. And if people are scared. Then you never really bought into that AP ranking for no. whatever it's worth. And if they lose at Tulsa, you can forget another ranking. Right. And, and this, like you just kind of said, I mean, these should be games that you go on the road and you are confident in your team and you shouldn't be worried yeah. about it. Quit being so scared. Tulsa. Yeah, so. All right. Let, let's see how scared we are. Well, you ready? See. I'm ready. Ta- Tiger bankroll. We went over it yesterday. We'll do it again. Johnny's at 625. We all started with 1000. Bryant's at 745. I'm at thirteen ten. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Uh, okay. you, you said I'm at seven forty five. You are. I'll take the Tigers for forty five. Memphis for forty five, and you're laying the nine and a half. Yep, sure am. Johnny, man, I got Memphis for twenty five. Man, I got I got Have you picked <laughs> against Memphis this year? I have. Okay. And he I sure lost. Has. I I have and I lost. At Texas A and M, that's the only time. Oh, yep. Man. That's the only time. I know been if 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 it has happened, it's been only a couple times, but And it cost you. It yeah, cost me. It, it did. All right, I talked to all that bravado about being scared. I'm gonna take Memphis minus the nine and a half. <laughs> and I'm up thirteen ten. You're gonna put like ten bucks on it. Ten bucks exactly. Uh, I knew it. I knew. It. I, I'm playing the long game. He played the long game, man. He is playing the long game. You're in game. defense. I mean, you're just you're just trying to protect that lead. I'm playing a little defense, and I'm ready for the what I feel is the a more perfect opportunity than nine and a half on the road. Yeah, no, that's not a good opportunity. I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to play my spots right, and you know, throw forty five on this. You know, if it loses, we're, we're I think what seven. I really want. I'd like to be around fourteen hundred. Hmm. Come in, see tournament time, and then really fire at it. Yeah, and take take Memphis. This is a team I think if Memphis can make, I'll even say six three pointers and up, mm-hmm. could win it all. It could be a dangerous team if, if can they uh, start knocking down three pointers. What I'm curious, especially as we get into conference play, and and I heard uh, Johnny Radio talking about this earlier, and I had to look it up because he was asking. Um, is how much of Ashton Hardaway do we see? How much of the green light does he have? Do we see his shooting kind of come into form as he gets to the second half of his freshman season? If you're making them green light, if you're not, uh, slow down a little bit. Yeah, and I think I pass the ball. I, I agree. I, I agree. did the uh, I, th- I did the math since the uh, the red hot performance against Michigan. I think he's five for eighteen from three. 
um, or, or whatever it is. I think it's about 27% is what he's shooting since then. And here's one. Does, does Carl Sheriff see the ball go through the goal? Well, that, that, that would be a good he, question. Got some, he's got as many field goals yeah. made this year as we do. Yeah, got some got some early burn um, last week against, uh, against Austin, Austin P. that I was kind of surprised about. So we'll just have to see what these rotations look like. What do uh, you know? What players are out there? What does it look like with, uh, obviously, um, uh, the illness to David Jones and then uh, the injury to David Mills, uh, or excuse me, Caleb Mills. Um, and, and as always, get well soon to Jordan Brown. Well, uh, Jordan Brown, yeah, doubt we see him again tonight either. But hope he's getting well because we haven't we haven't gotten an update. Uh, in, in, I still really need to soon. find a postcard for That's, him, man. Johnny, that was supposed to be your I, job. I just need an address. Uh, yeah, I just need an address. Johnny, I found Johnny the card. I just need to send him. Yeah, you were supposed to figure out his address. We're still we're still trying to get that, but we'll get it to him. Send a big get well soon card to him. But that'll do it for our first hour. Let's go ahead and get to a break. When we come back, we're talking NBA with Keith Smith. Uh-huh. 